I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey there. Ever dream of making your own podcast? Let me tell you a little bit about Anchor, the easiest way to make a podcast. First, it's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. For the day, Chloe Day stepping in for my dear friend Ryan Andrews will actually today be functioning as a guest. Welcome to the podcast. Why are you like this? A podcast devoted to finding out who we are and why we do the things that we do. So today we have someone you know quite well at this point, Ryan Andrews, PNW native. Dedicated follower of our Lord, with an E, acolyte of Dame Maggie Rogers, graduate of Acting College, and one of the best friends that a gal like me could ever hope to have. Ryan, welcome to your own podcast. <laughs> Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Hello, Chloe. Hi, Ryan. I'm so glad to talk to you today. Thank on this you fine so day. much for having me. Thank you so much for having me have you. <laughs> Uh, I'm glad we get to do this. Yeah, I'm excited. Uh, speaking of our, you know, Lord and Savior with a with an E, I actually just got melodrama on vinyl, and oh. it was marked delivered yesterday. And I was like, "Ooh, I'm so excited! This will be great." And like, thank God I went for a walk because it was just on the ground in my lobby. No, you're kidding. <laughs> just sitting there waiting for you to pick it up um i'm guessing it was boxed it was in a box yeah but it was just like a box addressed to me it's just sitting on the ground in the lobby and i was like oh, oh this is what we're doing now okay <laughs> it feels so fateful that way though kind of like uh, it was magically just waiting there for you you know mm-hmm it wanted yeah. to be something special. It didn't want to just show up at your door like some kind of normal package. You know what I mean? Who wants that? 
just like Lord, it's a little bit unconventional, you know? Oh, maybe it's a branding thing. That's I hadn't thought of that, but that could be an immersive branding experience and you just didn't even know. I would love if Lord's branding is that you play hide and seek to get all of her merchandise. <laughs> She's actually making the supply chain and logistics aspect more complicated for her customers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and guess that's not it. Yeah, that's probably not it. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and guess that was just a plain old run-of-the-mill New York City surprise for you. Uh, what a dream. Even Even during a lockdown, it's still doing its New York thing. Oh, I mean can't stop won't stop i think that's um kind of the gig right i actually have a confession to make to you is that um so i also use this pandemic opportunity to like catch up on my vinyl investments like i was seriously behind the trend now i'm like still behind the trend but at least i'm participating i guess you know and you had posted a very dreamy image of you listening to maggie rogers and her vinyl i think her initial vinyl Maybe, I don't know, Ryan, a month ago, enough time for me to immediately, which, by the way, you should have probably used an affiliate link, uh, immediately go and purchase the Maggie Rogers vinyl for myself. It was a very, like, I heard Ryan Andrews listens to Maggie Rogers on vinyl, and so I listen to oh Maggie Rogers on vinyl. Yeah. Am I, am I an influencer? I mean, yeah. And am I stalking you bicoastally? Yes. Hopefully. That's true. You know, that's the dream. Yeah. Speaking of which, uh, you were just over my way, right? Not too long ago, you spent some additional time back with family over on the West Coast. How was that? Um, so, yeah, I was in Oregon for the month of December, which is, oh, you know, it's nice for the holidays. But as anybody who has lived in the Pacific Northwest knows, um, the winter isn't like great. It's not snowing. So that's nice. And when you tell it to other people, you're like, yeah, it gets to like 45, 50 degrees every day, but there's no snow, at least where I am. Uh, everyone's like, oh, that sounds so nice. But then you realize I haven't seen the sun in like six or seven days. And that <laughs> that ruins a person. <laughs> it, it really does. I was about to say, uh, you know, for those listening, I'm based in Seattle. So I experience this now myself whereas i previously was in new york with ryan so i newly am used now used to no longer having sun and i i just can we even call it winter like is that even the appropriate terminology it feels like outside is taking a nap and you were just not told yes like you're still awake and operating but the actual environment of outdoors is totally asleep yeah, fully, fully taking a rest, <laughs> which I guess makes sense because the summer in the Pacific Northwest, I think, is the most beautiful thing in the world. So maybe it just really needs a hibernation. But yeah, it's not my favorite um, winter aesthetic for sure. No, no, there are better. There are definitely better. Yeah. I mean, I guess kind of speaking of speaking of things, kind of taking a taking a nap or taking a break like the Pacific Northwest, good weather in the wintertime does. How, I, I guess we haven't talked in a while, but like, how is the pandemic going for you? It's been a few months since we really kind of dug in on that topic, but how are things? Yeah, um, it's it's always hard to say like things are good um, because everything is a literal hell. 
relative to the literal hell that is ongoing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, I'm doing well. Um, I I got my vaccine recently. That was great. This podcast has been happening. That's been really fun. I'm, you know, I'm keeping busy with endeavors that I've always wanted to be my sole focus. So on the one hand, that's really valuable and I cherish it a lot. Um, but on the other, you know, life is easier when you have a reason to like get up and go to a place, I think. And like not having a specific, like I, I just don't ever have to leave my house and that a year in is uh, a lot. Right. I was just thinking about that the other day that um, it's kind of bizarre. I feel like we're entering a new phase or a new chapter of pandemic life in that for, I mean, for me, I've been working from home. Like I have a job in technology, so I've been staying home for quite a long time, um, but also still able to participate in my industry and and work, which, you know, I'm super grateful for. But as everyone knows, because we're all living in the same relative hellscape, mm-hmm. um, you know, there are challenges that come along with everyone's, I think, pandemic lifestyle. And I, I realized recently, like, I had previously really been anti-office even before the pandemic, I was all about like everyone should be on a, everyone who can be working from anywhere. You know, I, I would want companies to empower them to do so. Innovative living breeds innovative ideas. This is awesome. Now I'm getting back to this place personally where I really, I miss it. I miss being in the office. I want to get back to it. Um, I don't know if you're going through this, but I know a lot of people who are kind of suffering from like brain fog is more mm-hmm. significant lately. It's, now that this is kind of drawn on and we've surpassed the one year mark, you know, it, it's starting to take, I think a little bit of a, a second hold. Cause I know people will experience this earlier on, but a new hold of um, kind of depression and inability to think clearly. I'm more desperate for my old life, I think in more ways than I was previously. Yeah. I think especially I can only speak for me, but my, like I gained so much power and happiness from interacting with people. And um, that's why when I'm not performing, I work in a restaurant, not necessarily because I like adore it, but I do get to see people and talk to people and be around people. And that fuels me through everything else that's going on. So when you like take that out, that's already hard. And then when we try and create all these fake ways to replicate that that's even harder like I I started taking a class on zoom recently and I haven't been on zoom much because I just don't have to and I'm like this is its own kind of exhausting because it's a different form of attention that I have to give things and I'm still just like sitting at a desk in my bedroom which is not only my bedroom it's my workspace it's also where I work out it's also where, uh, like, all of my things live. Uh, it's, yeah, I just, I didn't set up my life to be this way. And I think that's what's adding fatigue. I think if if you naturally succeed when you are isolated and your home workspace is already set up for that, I'm sure this has felt totally different. <laughs> but I do feel like, 
part of what you're describing. I mean, yes, I think there are people who have had always had elements of that. Like if I was a remote worker before, maybe I would have already had a routine, you know, my own mental expectations and my own physical material setup ready to go to adapt to that way of life. But the only people who were probably set up to like exist in solitary confinement maybe like have some incarceration in their background or mm. something similar, you know, and that, that's uh, not something that, that I can, I can relate to. I don't think a lot of people can relate to. Um, and you're right. Yeah. It all kind of blends together at a certain point. I think it's really interesting what you said about getting power from people and kind of getting something back from that life of in practice of like service to others and interacting regularly with others you know, have, have you been able to stretch those legs at all during this time or, and I guess follow-up question, what's the first thing you might do to stretch those legs when all this is over? Um, I mean, yes and no. I, so I'm a Leo, right? So I crave attention and I, I don't get enough of that. Uh, so that then, incredible. Yeah. <laughs> so then you take to the internet to see if you're funniest idea or like most salacious picture will give you that rush and then it does but that's also fake and then uh I think the way that I have gotten the most like power from interactions has just been like I kind of take on the house mom role of my apartment and I um will like make a a meal for everyone or like last Easter I planned an Easter egg hunt and doing those silly kitschy things like brings me a little bit of joy throughout all this because at least it's like something that I have planned to do for that week and I get to see people have fun yes yes absolutely that kind of reminds me so you described being a Leo, you described kind of seeking some of that sort of like dopamine hit, uh, ego boost from the internet. Um, have you imbibed in what the youths are referring to as the Tiki Talks? Oh Tiki my God. TikTok? <laughs> Is that part of your life now? No, I think, I think TikTok was where I found the generational divide, um, <laughs> which is hilarious because my dad loves it. So when I was home, like it was, it was like roles were reversed. I had to be like, hey, dad, you get like to show me like two videos today. <laughs> you have a limit. You have a limit. You uh, impose I, restrictions. I think it's interesting. I think it's cool that the thing that's taking off is like a mm -hmm. video editing social media thing. Um, but yeah, it's not it's not for me. The only few times I've used it, I've used it because I just like don't want to use iMovie. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's legit. You know what? That's funny you say that. I've never once thought of it as a video editing tool. Like, I don't think in those terms have I once thought of it. But it, it does make sense. I, if anything, I feel like your dad. Like, I feel like uh, I totally use it voyeuristically only. It's a one-way relationship mm. for me right now. I look out into what the world is doing on TikTok, which has given me a variety of reactions and in numerous infinite reactions uh and feelings but i do not participate i am not a content creator in that way 
at all. And it does kind of surprise me because you are, you've always been kind of a content creator type person like to put your yeah. voice out in the world. Yeah. I think for me, and I'm sure once this is done, I'll, I'll probably like catch a wave and be on TikTok. And by the time the episode comes out, everyone will be like, liar. Um, but <laughs> you're TikTok fanas. Any sort of fame, if anybody has it, you could just send it straight to me. Um, if you have it, I'll take it. I think it to be to remain healthy. Um, I can't really pick up another platform where part of my brain says that this is career related. As a comedian and actor and singer, every social media platform has a little bit of a like, this is kind of sort of a way for me to get a job attached to it. And so like if I write a tweet and it gets some good traction, I'm like, oh my God, what if this is it? Or, and it, it sounds silly, but it, it, it's just truthful. Like people get jobs from Instagram and Twitter all of the time and TikTok. So for me, I, I just think adding another thing into the cycle while I'm sitting at home being like, can I touch people now? Um, might not be the healthiest option, but I applaud those that do it. Yes. <laughs> I also applaud some of those that do yeah. it. <laughs> Sometimes I'm just really unfair and I sit there and scrutinize, you know, those creating the content that I'm consuming, which is just really not cool of me. But yeah, what I do, uh, I'm letting you entertain me, but I'm also judging you. It's not great, but it's what's happening. Well, and that's part of the, that's part of entertainment, right? I mean, it like you watch a movie initially to enjoy that story and then the movie lives on because then you have discussions with other people who have seen it and that becomes part of the entertainment so it's like it's a never-ending cycle I mean yes I'm I try as as I'm getting older now that I don't do TikTok I try less and less to have like super negative opinions about things if I just didn't like it I just won't continue to engage with it after um, but it is kind of interesting just how things have life post one person sitting on TikTok making a 15 second video of them making some fun faces. I think it's interesting kind of what you said about like everything feeling like a career opportunity when you're mostly looking to like get picked up for your, you know, general personality. I guess the value you bring is like a personality about about the town, uh, about the world. Um, I, I, yeah, I guess kind of, I really don't think I've ever consumed much of your Twitter. What is that, what has that journey been like for you? And how do you balance some of the implied anxiety in that? Like, I think for me, I would always feel like, oh, I've really got to deliver almost any time I put my voice out there, even if it's just for myself. It. I mean, Twitter itself is kind of its own demon, but for me, it fluctuates back and forth between me feeling like I'm in a group chat with friends and then me feeling like, oh shit, the internet is set in stone and this is for the whole world. So like sometimes the tweet is like, I'm super horny today because that's the truth. And sometimes I like try and craft a joke and more often than not, the jokes that you sit down and try to craft for a tweet go nowhere. And the things that you just like decide are funny in that moment are what happen. 
I I have been actively trying to just kind of let it be. And if people enjoy it, they enjoy it. And if they don't, they don't. Um, but yeah, there is always just like a little, a little bit in the back of my head that's like, well, there are people who in their bio, it says like Twitter comedian, Ryan Andrews, and they are on full on TV or getting paid. And uh, yeah, so it, there's like this weird never ending pressure on it, at least for myself. Right. So, so what I'm hearing from you is, you know, let it flow. You get into trouble when you try too hard and get in your own way and try to add too much of, you know, too much pizzazz or spin the moment too much to be intentional. Um, yeah, but there is still that element of like, oh, I just put this out in the world. Is it going to sink? Is it going to swim? <laughs> why do I care about these words that are literally just like odd collections of thoughts? Like why? why limit. <laughs> yeah, why does it matter to me? But right. it does. And I don't know. Yes, 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 absolutely. Right. So this is on my mind because I think I mentioned to you, you know, before we hopped on to do this episode that I have been kind of working through a workshop. And in that workshop, we are speaking a lot about Myers-Briggs. And you know from being a longtime friend of mine that I'm very into personality quizzes and typing and anything where you can pretty much just like dump someone into a bucket and analyze them. That's kind of my thing. <laughs> I'm into it. But um, remind me, do you know your Myers-Briggs type? I don't actually. This is like a whole path I'm going to have to send you down now. <laughs> we have so much work, Ryan, to do. Um, and the funny thing is, is like, I don't know if I really believe in any of those things. But I know you relate, and you've mentioned already on this call, to being a Leo. Yeah. And that's like a good identifier for you. But yeah, I, I, I don't know. I always find that even though I don't believe in those categories, it is interesting to like get an argument about yourself. Like you take a quiz, it's questionable, right? Almost every personality quiz you take, you're like, while you're taking it, you're like, you know, this seems really not credible. But I still want to get to the end and find out like what my favorite color being purple says about me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, like I just, I'm just going to do that, commit to the moment. And uh, I, I'm just so interested to kind of see where you fall on some of those lines, um, just kind of based on, on what you're saying. Something I've always loved about you is you're like, I love people. Uh, I love getting charged up by working with people. Uh, you love being funny. <laughs> There's a performative aspect to your social media. Absolutely. How do people support you? Like, where do you find that two-way street in your personal relationships? Or does do you find it, like, carries over even into your most in intimate relationships where you're always performing? Um, okay, so let's let's just keep going with astrological, right? So I'm a Sagittarius rising. I think that's where it carries over into my personal relationships. So the rising is, and Chloe knows way more than I do about this, but... <laughs> Just kind of like the mask you put on when you enter a room, correct? It's like yeah. the first it's like the first front that people would see. I actually see it differently. I see your sun sign, so your Leo. It's not the mask, but it is what you radiate out. Mm -hmm. So it's what like I would you would say that to me about yourself. You would say aspects of being a Leo to me, and I'd be like, Oh, I really get that about you if I've even just met you. 
for a small period of time. Um, I see your moon is like your internal life. Like this is how I think in my own mind in the privacy of my own bedroom in the dark, in the deep dark night, this is who I am. Uh, and, and specifically it's also who I am when I'm dealing with struggles uh, and your rising to me is more kind of like, this is how I, this is how I operate um, kind of out, out in the world. And, and specifically to me, this is how I cope. That's how I mm. see Sagittarius a lot of the time. These are the, the things that I do and the behaviors I participate in to cope as things externally so yeah i mean i guess to your point that could i could see how that would be a mask yeah so i guess basically what i'm trying to say is like yes in a interpersonal relationship way um the thing that i have to work on most when meeting new people and making new friends is uh lowering that sense of performative streak um because i do really like making people laugh and I do really like um hosting people and um being quote-unquote on Mm -hmm. but it takes me a little while to trust people to still want to be around me when I like turn that off because I think I mean parts of that part of being charming and witty and fun are always there just they're just not always at a 10 I don't always have to be the funniest person in the circle when I know and trust the people around me but I I do notice and I'm especially curious to see this when we re-enter civilization but I do notice that when I am around people who are mostly strangers the want and need to be this the star or the sun of the conversation is uh always there mm-hmm. that's that's interesting yes of course i know this about you about um how you're an excellent consummate host always thank have you. been thank you, thank you. <laughs> yep 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 love love making uh making house with you it's always been quite a good time um yeah, I, I'm interested kind of, so you, you're talking about like feeling like you're always on. For me, whenever I turn off, it can be like a really sharp contrast to the other aspects of my life. Um, what is that? What is that like for you? If you don't mind sharing, you know, what does turning off look like? Good, bad, and the ugly. So there's like off neutral, which... I think it's just like more chill. It's just me watching Gilmore Girls on the couch and uh, like wearing sweats um, and letting other things happen around me um, without like a need to be fully involved in everything that is happening. And then like when it's like off, like I'm in my feelings. Um, It's changed throughout the years. I mean, I I haven't been secretive at all about my mental health journey and there's definitely been like some super super dark moments um but i think currently when it's all powered down um we're back to like journaling and we're back to um well not even back to but definitely journaling and definitely like recognizing 
these feelings of depression as existing but mm-hmm. now I have like a I have a vocabulary and a want to recognize and acknowledge and accept that these feelings are happening and valid and then I also have ways to get out of there where maybe five years ago I would like kind of sort of gleefully wallow in that mm, sure like get really really cozy all up in your shit Mm-hmm. Just kind of embrace it. Yeah. Yeah. Relate to that. And just be like, yeah, I'm like super down today. So I'm going to just like not shower and I'm going to stare at a wall and I'm going to listen to sad music and I'm going to let my mind run and get jealous of my friends that are doing things and get mad at this, that, or the other. Just really let myself have it. Just, But it it was all from also like a performative place. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's interesting. Like you think um, might have been a tactic to gain support or attention. Yeah. And I'm not going to say it, it was like every time. Um, yeah, sure. But it, there, there is a way to be performatively depressed that I definitely mm-hmm. know how to do. I also know how to go to work and be depressed and at least in my mind appear fine. <laughs> Mm -hmm. I've also just from my personal knowledge of you um, had the experience of you being depressed. This is probably not on your darkest day, you know, Mm -hmm. but on a dim day or a darkish day uh, to make your depression fun. Like you, you will, like you said, it's a performative aspect. You know, it's the kind of thing where you'd expect it in almost like a cartoon version. You walk in the house, the lights are off. You're wearing all black. Something depressing's playing on the radio. Kind of deal. Like it's it's become a full on scene. It's, it's yeah. what is now happening. Yep, yep, yep. Because so because the goal is to get somebody to ask what's wrong. Right. But I don't right. want any. I don't want. I don't want you to ask me what's wrong. I just want you to know that something's wrong. Right. You don't want to run the risk of someone not noticing either. So you have yeah. to make sure you're specific. And Ulti- obvious. Um, Ultimately, it's a BFA in acting, and um... <laughs> <laughs> and that's how it goes. Uh, wow, that's fascinating. Okay, I feel like we've covered a lot of a lot of ground here, and I appreciate you kind of letting me. I don't know, sort of needle around in of that course. conversation. But so we're coming up at a thirty-minute mark in our chat, hmm. and it's now time to segue to the namesake of this podcast, the ultimate question, and something that now after, and especially after having this conversation we've been having, I'm interested to know, why are you like this? <laughs> what, what, what has made this uh, performative individual, this gentleman that I know to do an occasional Irish goodbye, mm-hmm. uh, but also be like one of the, oftentimes the most fun and creative and interesting people that I know. Why do you think you're like this, Ryan? Well, thank you. Um, Why am I like this? You know, it's funny because I host this podcast. You think I would just like have an answer. Think about Uh, this all the time. (laughs) But it's, it's hard for me to frame why I am the way I am without again, doing that performative, quote unquote, depressed streak. Um, 
because honestly, the reason why I am the way I am is because um, my parents had me really young and we got to have a lot of fun and a lot of adventures together. And like, luckily, them and my sister and I, 98% of the time get along very, very well. Um, And so for me, there was just, I don't know, my mom was young and I was her child. And so I got to be her best friend for a really long time. And that meant that everything I said was cool and everything I said was valid um, for most of my childhood, unless I was like being an idiot, in which case she definitely um, put the fear of God in me. (laughs) But I think that's where my wit and my charm come from. Um, I think a lot of the like performative everything is fine that I do probably comes from just trying to be a really good older sibling and do a bit of protecting from things. Um, Even if my sister isn't asking for that. And then I think the creative the creative side just comes from not really being that great in school at like the technical aspects of school. Um, but always really succeeding in something that was like, here's five pieces of paper, make it into something. Um, and so when you, when your praise, I, I think education is really, really formative for a lot of people. And Like, for example, I have zero grasp on grammar. I don't know where a comma is supposed to go. I don't know what a semicolon does. And, like, I know that quotes go around when you speak, but I'm not quite certain on, like, the start a new paragraph rule after that. And that in school was translated to me as, I am a bad writer. I have bad ideas. But on the other hand when I'm doing theater, I have really good ideas and they're just, they're structured in a different way. So it's only recently that I am finding that in writing or in creating this podcast or other, like basically finding what you're good at and applying it to everything around you. I think is really important and something that I've recently understood Uh Um, so that ramble i think is why i am the way i am maybe (laughs) (laughs) no i i think that makes sense and i i appreciate the way that you decided to kind of work backwards from some of that um something that i thought of while you were talking about creativity is i i know that one of the biggest aspects that they identify with children Um, who are being encouraged to be creative or finding that they thrive in more creative areas like you described are often kids who are already comfortable with questioning things or they're in the process of developing a level of comfort with questioning things and you are also one of my more like politically skeptical friends and (laughs) so they've always liked about you a lot is that you you not only like don't accept anything at face value you do the work you pick things apart you do the analytical job of sussing out the truth 
Um, but you also find a way to kind of argue, be, be passionate and have arguments and again, question everything, mm. but in a way that is fun for everybody involved, at least for my part, or at least from my perspective, maybe I'm an enabler of a really bad habit of yours, but I, <laughs> but I see you kind of participating in sort of like uh, political banter and all the, you know, fodder. We've had plenty of fodder over the course of the past year, years, you know, now, but you do manage to question things regularly. Uh, oh, make it yeah. enjoyable. Oh, oh, always. Um, I, 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 thank you. I will say it, it hasn't been um, as refined as it has gotten um, throughout my youth as is expected. But just like a few examples of that, I think the I have a very distinct memory of um, being in kindergarten. And earlier that morning, like outside, there had been a dead mouse outside and I had seen it and it was like it was near our garden. And it was a white mouse. And I remember going to kindergarten and then we were coloring one of those coloring sheets. that's like color the three apples, color the four dinosaurs. And for some reason, there were nine mice that you had to color. And I left one of them white because I had seen a white mouse that day. And I remember my teacher being like, hey, Ryan, you didn't finish. You have to like color this one mouse. And it like ruined my little body because I was like, no, I don't. My <laughs> mice are white. I saw one this morning. And the kindergarten teacher was like, you can literally color this green. I don't care. You just like have to color all nine of them. And I was like, no, mice are white. I saw one. <laughs> I colored it by not coloring it. Exactly. And that's that's me at five. So me at 29, still rolling. But yeah, there's just like, there was a long period in between that where I think this was also just kind of a thing of the early 2000s, but like being an asshole was funny. And totally. I definitely used my powers of um, dissecting things and being very fast with my words um, to just kind of be a dick for a long time because it would get me laughs, but it was ultimately bullying, which is not okay. I think you just described the entire recent argument around Eminem. We don't need to go there, but I just need <laughs> you to know that you dropped talking fast, being an asshole to get laughs, but controversial were all, I think those are all elements. And then maybe identifying that there's a bully aspect to it. I mean, pretty much bullet for bullet down the line. What's going I, on I actually am Eminem. Um, oh. That's the big reveal. I really hope everyone has made it to this point of the episode because we're dropping who the real Slim Shady is at 37 minutes. This is serious. Uh, that's awesome, Ryan. That's so awesome. I, I was uh, I was listening to a TED Talk the other day because that's like how I spend, you know, so much of my time, an embarrassing amount of my time. And they, it was talking about creativity in kids. And this, you know, I think it actually was. It was um, someone who we actually had in our previous restaurant, um, mm. the dancer Dame Jillian Lynn. Oh, my God. As a child, um, was her, her, some, her mother thought something was wrong with her. All of her teachers thought something was wrong for, with her. I'm going to butcher the story. But ultimately, they take her to see a doctor and be evaluated. He, as an experiment, leaves her alone in the room. 
And according to the story, she was throwing her body all about the space and just like wiggling constantly in the room. And he had decided to leave uh, some music on while he was gone. And he's observing her the whole time. She doesn't know. And she starts dancing and he tells her parents, you know, your child doesn't have a problem. She doesn't have an attention deficit issue. She is a dancer and she needs to dance. And that's how she became a dancer. That was the beginning of her like formalized dance training. So it's so interesting that you had that experience of kind of coming into your creativity. And luckily you had um, the family structure and the supportive parents to kind of help shape that. But from feeling like you want to question something, someone's telling you you're wrong or making you feel wrong. And so you keep needing to run in that direction of creative expression, you know, and good for you for doing that. Oh, thanks. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's just interesting. I mean, I, I don't know how to fix like the entire American education system. Um, I thought that's what we were. That's what, that's what no? this is. Oh. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just weird how uh, things that were said to you when you were 10 are always applicable um i guess that makes sense as we are getting older you're just kind of building on top of bricks of your life um but yeah it's it's been cool in the past two-ish years to finally be able to expand what i think i'm capable of because i mean also i'm very hard-headed and i'm very stubborn and i wouldn't even think about having this podcast or starting a career in comedy because I wanted to do musical theater and the way that you do musical theater is this as opposed to I still want to do musical theater and I am really funny and that brings me joy and I want to host a podcast so why not do them all why why does it have to be a ram your head into a wall type situation to make it work why why can't it be all yeah absolutely um that was something i was really struggling with i I think i might have shared that with you maybe maybe possibly at some point um about two years ago and just to validate you know what you just said my my therapist feedback to me kind of hearing the same or very similar anxiety about kind of being torn in my career like hmm I'm in technology, I'm in sales, but also I have this like full other life as a creative individual that causes me to kind of look down on what I'm doing during the day and for money. (laughs) Um, Even though what I'm doing does fulfill me and it brings me joy and I, I get something I love, you know, my career. So how do we balance those two things? How do I resolve one or the other? And and that was her response to me as well was, you know, stop dividing yourself up into tiny pieces. Uh, you don't need anyone's permission to say that anything is mutually exclusive and just be, be all, you know, and and I think it helps you feel whole instead of fragmented, you know, spread thin. Yeah. Cause it's hard. It's hard when you think, when you split your life into, this is my quote unquote day job. Mm -hmm. This is my passion job. This is my friendships. These are my romantic relationships. This is my like it if they don't all connect at some point, it just kind of for me, it just feels like I'm keeping 
in it's like the spinning the plates on the on the sticks situation yes. it it doesn't feel like a i'm building towards anything it just feels like i'm trying to survive and b it it just feels like something will always fall right like i'm trying to be a jack of all trades master of none in all these different areas of my life because i've chosen to view them as different instead of just my life mm-hmm. and kind of to your point about being a sagittarius rising um you know therefore if you're performative which you are i also have that aspect you know you can i can see a tendency to want to create a different mask for all of those different situations that you've you know compartmentalized and that in of itself could be very exhausting my work self is this way my at home with friends self is this way my romantic self is this way these are all different people that i need to be able to seamlessly hop in and out of at all times and try not to get exhausted <laughs> and that that's crazy yeah well and you can bear witness to this more than anybody else i think you you lived with me as i was actively burning out on all of those i mean there's a running joke between our friend group of like oh well this is political rai rai and this is this is this is ryan when he's running around maysville acting like he owns the place and like this is actor ryan and then there's like drunk ryan who's like crying because he doesn't feel pretty like they all didn't connect and so no wonder i had such an intense burnout because i just wasn't building a person right like i'm not the person to tell you what's wrong with your computer but let's just dive in with an analogy um (laughs) that i can barely make but yeah i think it's like when you're running like too many computer programs right computer people (laughs) but like you know when you're this is how i relate to it like when you're needing to force quit something and it shows you everything that's running and you're like oh my gosh i'm actually doing 12 things i thought i was just trying to do two things i wasn't even focused on those 10 i can shut them down you know it's like you need to just bring your world down to one whole self and be okay with that i also feel like that's very much the kind of 30s you know 30 year old inflection point at least it has been you know i think for me and all the nearest and dearest it's like you stop either being able to carry forward with that much compartmentalization or you just learn that it's not working and not necessary to -hmm. maintain all of those different programs at the same time yeah because you're not really maintaining you're just like failing up failing (laughs) Failing, (laughs) failing up living yeah just like walking around new york lightly whiskey drunk (laughs) lightly well (laughs) speak for yourself (laughs) yeah (laughs) depending on who you are and when you're asking um okay i just noticed we're right at a quarter to the hour and uh i think it's time to open up the floor to if you had any questions for me before we do our snappy wrap-up absolutely i have a very very important question for you what is your favorite comfort food? My favorite comfort food. Um, yeah, I would normally be tempted to say Vietnamese, but I think the real reality of who I am in my life is chips and chips and salsa. Mm-hmm. If you want to get clever, chips salsa ranch. I'm from Ooh, Texas. Ranch. Myself. <laughs> yep, that's my angry storm into a Seven Eleven on a dark day purchase. 
Mm-hmm. I love that. What is your favorite like like if I if I'm gonna cook for a long time and I want to feel warm and happy, I will make a lasagna. Like, what's that for you? Mm, okay, so I don't like doing much for a long time. I like doing <laughs> I like doing things quickly that will be impressive. Uh, and I don't know why I was blessed with this because I really do try to eat like very clean. But for some reason, I am incredibly good at frying things, anything. Mm, I, I guess so. But I mean, my family was not into fried food. It was just in, literally given to me, I guess, through ancestral like memory. But um, yeah, I make it a, a really incredible uh, fried chicken, <laughs> southern mm. fried chicken. Um, so sometimes, you know, I'll do that up. I can't like go full on and have like French fries and fried chicken. So I'll do really Southern style, like a buttermilk fried chicken, some bread and butter pickles on the side and like a little, you know, butterhead or gym lettuce salad. Looks very quaint, very Southern quaint. That's my latest and greatest kind of long time thing. Aaron, my fiance, Aaron loves to, uh, cook as you know, Ryan. So he's absolutely typically taking all the long hauls in the case, the beef bourguignon, the mm. long braised short rib kind of the endurance recipes. That's his move. I, I love that. Endurance recipes is such a good term. Yeah. You can use it. It's so, well, I mean, as I sit here eating my powdered soups and um, doing my fast, <laughs> that fried chicken sounds incredible. <laughs> so sorry to have tempted you. Oh no, it's a beautiful thing. This is this is all on me. This is just me believing in white lady pseudoscience. <laughs> you live your life, Ryan Andrews. I have a Peloton <laughs> coming tomorrow, so I can't speak. <laughs> I love. I, I mean, I also. Uh, I don't have the bike. I have the app because my parents have the bike, and I was like, for Christmas, here's the app. Um, I really like it, and I really enjoy it, and whatever gets people moving, I'm all for. But I do firmly. Uh, endorse peloton and if you want to sponsor the podcast you can reach out to me Ooh, <laughs> i love that uh sponsor plug way to, way to oh, yeah. take that jumping off point yeah i'm Always. not gonna lie to you i'm very excited so i appreciate um the endorsement because i'm really i'm betting a lot on the peloton i have my expectations are beyond high they have pushed yep. past the threshold of highest possible expectation has a lot of work to do in the next few months they have a they have a full series of workouts only to the wicked soundtrack i think (laughs) you're gonna i think you found your people (laughs) (laughs) excellent my my tribe my people have just been waiting for me in the peloton bike exactly oh my god i said soundtrack original cast recording nobody nobody docks me okay I didn't even know that that was a distinction that needed to be made. So you've Uh, impressed me. The children. I'm I'm up to date on things. I know I just talked like I'm an old man who won't TikTok, but I'm very with it. Ryan, we are old. If TikTok has taught me nothing else, it's that I am an old person. That is is what I have learned. You know how sometimes you like find things out about yourself by like crowd testing? Like you'll throw out in a group like, oh man, I've just been so crazy lately i've just been like really not 
picking up on things, right, guys? Am I, do you feel like I've been not present or something? People are like, oh, yeah, I, like, can never communicate with you. And you're like, okay, write it down. I'm a bad communicator. Gotta fix that. <laughs> I, I always crowd test. And, no, uh, <laughs> what? Just always be crowd testing. Always be crowd testing. No, I actually don't recommend it. I think the right thing to do is to find value in yourself and be who you want to be and who you are and live your truth, something along those lines. But I definitely have been guilty of crowd testing. You know, just dare greatly. Dare greatly. Yes, my friend, that is that is exactly right. Um, <laughs> Brian, it's your pod. How do we end this thing? What's oh our my gosh. Well, thank you so much, Chloe, for uh, hosting me today. I have had a wonderful, wonderful time. Um, As we are wrapping up, this will be the quote-unquote end of season one. I want to thank everybody who took this this initial leap with me. That was very kind of you uh, to share your time on something so experimental. I've had nothing but fun. Um, We will be continuing with this. There will be so many more episodes coming um make sure that you rate comment and subscribe wherever you find your podcasts tell your friends um but yeah thanks again chloe this has been so fun no thanks ryan it's a really fun way to catch up yeah glad to do it all righty until next time everyone bye Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.